0: Now's probably a good time to explain the categories of offences, um, which I'm assuming uh, is the uh, part of the uh, mirroring of the workplace health and safety regime.
1: It is. It is. So uh, they, they, they sound the same. So there's categories one, two and three, similar to workplace health and safety laws. Uh, and category one is the most severe category. And for an individual, it carries potentially a prison term so very serious indeed so it's sometimes in colloquial terms called corporate manslaughter so because it it involves usually the death of a person
0: and i'm assuming it's similar in that it's got a reckless element and that that reckless action caused the death exactly yeah
1: so there has to be a reckless element so that is the, the the most severe, and obviously for a corp, for a corporation, you know, it attracts fines uh, in excess of a million, three million dollars, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then you have the category two offence, and uh, that's also where a person exposes an individual or the public to a risk of injury or death, but it does not have the reckless element to it. So it's. It's negligence, if you like, yeah. or akin to negligence. But we're still with that risk of injury or death mm-hmm. attached to it. You know, those fines for uh, a company, you know, uh, in the realm of, you know, in excess of $500,000. So, you know, not quite the $3 million, but mm-hmm. we're, we're certainly up there.
0: But they can receive multiple charges, legitimately receive multiple charges for Absolutely. the one incident. Absolutely. And is that... Uh, common occurrence?
1: Yes, well, it's, it's very common. So we rarely see a prosecution where there's one charge issued in an incident because of the multiple failures, I guess, that can be alleged uh, giving rise to an incident. And there's also this issue of a course of conduct, I suppose. So, for example, if under an investigation, a regulator finds that a company has failed to manage the fatigue regime of driver A, uh, who might have given rise to an incident occurring, Mm -hmm. then if they go through the records for the other 50 drivers, they're likely to find a number of other drivers where the fatigue management may not have been dealt with properly. So you can see that the charges can mount.
0: And there's, there's no limit in theory to the number of charges that could be made? No, late. there's not. So if in your example there, if they found that all 50 had been not properly recording their fatigue management times or their logbooks or whatever the, the requirement might be, they could be hit with 50 charges?
1: Exactly, multiple charges. Wow. In saying that, the penalties are uh, are dealt with in a holistic way. So the courts will not say, well, there's... 50 charges so therefore there are 50 times the penalty yep. they don't deal with that uh, they don't deal with penalties in that way they deal with them holistically but still it, it certainly the, the more charges logically follows the higher the penalty is likely mm. to be
0: and i'm guessing uh, much more legal work needs to be put into that investigation and that case if you're taking it to court But, you know, 50 penalties versus one penalty.
1: Exactly. And, you know, again, with the issue of potential overcharging, you know, in some instances we've seen, you know, overzealous prosecutors who, you know, seek to mount multiple charges uh, towards a defendant. But some of those charges don't have a basis. And so we can negotiate to have, and we've successfully done so on a number of occasions, to have multiple charges withdrawn or we'll we can discuss with the prosecutor that the you know particular charges may not have the severity or may you know and we can use them in a in a plea negotiation for example so mm-hmm. if we plead guilty to these charges then could we please have these ones withdrawn or considered for the you know several others to be withdrawn
0: mm-hmm. and uh, you briefly mentioned it before but the heavy vehicle regulator are they always the the prosecutor in this or do they uh do the police get involved sometimes you mentioned before that the police can do the uh you know on the ground interview and then sort of hand that over to the heavy vehicle regulator how does how does that dynamic sort of work when it comes to prosecution
1: yes we're not it used to be the case that the police could prosecute that's not the case anymore now it will either be the national heavy vehicle regulator as the prosecutor or it'll be uh, a member, a prosecutorial member of the, the the relevant department of transport in the various states. Okay. Um, but it it is it is the, I think the the plan uh, nationally is for well when I say nationally in all yeah. states except <laughs> Western Australia Northern Territory for the national heavy vehicle regulator to ultimately be the only prosecutor in this space.
0: You'd imagine that that would aim to have a more consistent enforcement if it's the one one body.
1: Exactly, exactly, a consistent approach. And I think what's been happening is that uh, when the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator took this regime over a number of years ago, they just weren't resourced mm-hmm. to the extent that they needed to be. So there's been a gradual increase in their resourcing and so now we're seeing more and more prosecutions come through with the regulator as the prosecutor.
0: So that's that's where it differs a little bit from the workplace health and safety, even though there's the harmonised regime, which is now all chopped and changed around the various states. Um, it's still state-based uh, enforcement. Uh, in Queensland, we've got the, the Office of the Workplace Health and Safety Prosecutor. Not sure about the other states, but it is state-based, whereas the heavy vehicle national regulator, whilst ever they're based here, it's a consistent regulation in the states that participate in the regime and for the most part it's fairly consistent in its enforcement, even if it is
1: That's correct one of the other parties. Yes, that's absolutely right. And that's an important distinction. So what's interesting is, you know, for example, we have a prosecution happening for the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator in Victoria at the moment, but the heavy vehicle regulator who's managing the matter is based in Sydney. Similarly, we've had prosecutions in Adelaide and the regulator is based in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So you know you'll have cross-border regulators. They work as a team, they seem to share the workload. Interestingly, even though Queensland is the head office for mm-hmm. the regulator, uh, we are the last state to be to be rolled out in the national scheme. Uh, so we still have prosecutions in Queensland with DTMR department of transport and main roads and i understand that it's hoped that by the end of this year we will have the regulator as the prosecutor here in queensland but you know again one of those interesting fun facts (laughs) um it doesn't always make sense